0: Hello, my name is Antoinette Landejan, and it is an ultimate honor and pleasure to be here with Ramos Pinto, uh, which is in and of itself an incredible company that we will learn about over the next 20 minutes. But what really gives me shivers is to have the opportunity to speak with uh, Master Blender Anna Rosas and Blender Thomas Rogerson, uh, both with Ramos and especially Anna that I I had the joy of meeting Anna in person uh, a few years ago when I uh, visited uh, Portugal and I visited this lab uh, where Anna does her best work and it is a sight to be seen the amount of information that these two people have in their brains regarding past vintages uh, of port wines it's Absolutely amazing. But this may not make a whole lot of sense. So let's go ahead, take a a beat, pause, and just do the basics. Anna and Thomas, please introduce yourselves.
1: So I'm Anna. I'm the master blender of the port wine, uh, Remspint port wine. Uh, I start working uh, as a uh, head of the lab. And at the same time, I start tasting. And so I had quite a few years of tasting, first as a trainee, when my uncle retired and my cousin took over as a master blender and finally i do all my uh, way until um, now. That's the last, for the last six years, I'm the master blender. And yeah, at the same time, I take a trainee, <laughs> which is already a professional blender, which is Thomas, uh, and that we start, uh, well, I start my life in Ramesh
2: Thomas. And you, Thomas? And for me, so I uh, started, um, my first vintage was in 15, 2015. And it was straight after finishing my master's degree in winemaking viticulture. And I had spent um, a year in Germany and then went vintage hopping to Australia um, in uh, in Adelaide a little bit barossa valley and then in the same year um I came to do my first vintage at Ramspinto um and I've stayed on ever since
0: you know uh, great winemaking starts in the vineyard so perhaps let's start there first and uh, could could you maybe explain to us um where uh, you source your your grapes from, uh, and what is the deciding factor for uh, where you source these grapes from?
1: So in Rhamspinto, uh, in terms of port wine, we are self-sufficient in terms of red port wines. We have uh, four domains when it's not uh, it's not for port in the door for the main in the door but then we have two urtiga and Quinta de more in cima corvo and then uh and um, those superior Quinta de Vamoira, quite a big a uh, big big uh, sense which produces uh, grapes for port and andor both is mainly for port only a very small part is for for door wine which is only for port so we have three viticultures, which uh, in the end is one percent in terms of red quotes, not white quotes, It's less than two percent of our production, and we have it because it's uh, interesting for our colleague. Of the door wines have those viticultures, so we have to to have it. And in terms of of, of right, so we don't have anything in the in the bash court with the the. The closest region to to the sea, it's only 100 kilometers from from the sea, and our main grapes came from Quinta do bon Retiro, and we have uh, a few old vineyards and mainly toriga nacional and, and some toriga mainly toriga nacional and tucão is is from from everywhere. but we have uh, uh, from from the, the same variety in both in both uh, regions and so what we need is exactly know where is the time of picking. Besides, all all the viticulture here is the decide the time of picking. In everything we do in the lab, it's not enough. We have to go to the vineyard and taste and decide by by taste. So only you, the analysis is only a, a complement of what we taste. I don't know, but we have anything. Well,
2: it's it's very special for uh, a company of our size to be able to work with so many grapes that are our own production. So probably the highest percentage in the Douro. And it's it's incredible because we we have some of the oldest plots of very old field blends, old vines, very concentrated uh, production, so very low yielding plots. And we've identified even on one plot 63 different varieties in one plot. So it's actually this plot behind us. Um, And it's quite special to be able to go into the vineyard and try and determine when we're going to harvest this, because sometimes varieties can ripen up to two or three weeks difference. So maybe from the 70s and 80s have been conducted a study on varieties um, selecting from the field blends what we're going to produce high quality ports with and the top five from the 82 83 study presented at the university the local university was toriga nacional toriga franca tinta barroca tinta Cão. And these are probably known as the big five varieties now. But we have over 120, 130 varieties to work with.
1: Besides that, we use a lot of other varieties. We use Tita Barca, we use Souzelle, we are, uh, you use Morish. we are planting other varieties, little bits of old-fashioned, like Tinta Francisca, Toriga Fêmea, Toriga Brasileira, which you still don't know, Tinta Francisca, we know, we used to have a Tinta Brasileira and Tinta, uh, 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 Tinta. we really don't know how how they're going to start, but uh, this huge quantity of varieties, and uh, besides the, the field planes, the the different uh, uh, the different quintas and in Ooh. the quintas the different exposition everything have we can have a lot of completely different uh, uh, wines during all, all the vintage and every year are different. Some years, our Toriga Franca from Mora are good. Some years, uh, Toriga Franca from Doros Superior is not the perfect. So we have Toriga Franca from old vines and Toriga Franca from old So this huge quantity of, of varieties that we can work it's it's a, a privilege.
0: It's amazing. Um, I can only imagine what harvest looks like at Ramos Pinto with all of these different uh, grapes coming in at different times with, uh, I mean, the winery itself must be a, a, a heaven of chaos uh, during harvest. And I can't imagine how thrilling and exhausting it must be for you to keep track of everything as things are progressing along. Um, And that's today's story. But I, I really would love to take a second for you to explain to us what it is like to have a library of vintages uh of wines going back that play of such an important part in the blending process how do you keep track uh of everything uh it's it's amazing but could you elaborate a little bit on how that all works
1: so in fact the stock Belongs to Remshalden, so all, all all the library of wines belongs to speed We are only the uh, we only take care of that stock, and we are we always have to keep in mind to to have the same quality and quantity of stock for the next generation. So we need to work in the wines, uh, the old wines, to to have the, the same type of, of wines during the years, and we work in quite long cycles, 20, 30 years and more years. So we we need to to decide uh, every vintage uh, after after the, the vintage. So, but with very young wines, which wines we are going to age as uh, vintage uh, or rubies. So in, in the short term we'll be out of stock or bottle uh, as a vintage LBV or, or bottle young rubies and rubber reserves, and the rest of the stock, the stock is going to stay. How they're going to age, if they're going to be a uh, reserve Tony, or they're going to be, or they achieve to be a very, very old Tony, or something like the very special wines that we put apart to be uh, as a bonificator, or something salt and pepper to finish the, the last. Touch of of bitter. So, uh, in fact, we will we learn that uh, by tasting and by learning with the others. It's uh, it's it's nothing special. It's only our palates and the way we are uh, uh, educated to 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 decide which which decision we're going to take on this particular place. That, that de- defines the the, this, the style of the house, uh, the, the stock of the house and the style of, of, of a port wine house. Uh, Thomas, I don't know which you have. Well, it, it,
2: it explains a little bit why the, the, the role is more about blending than winemaking per se, because every vintage we're replenishing our stock that we have basically sold to the market. And these new wines are going to start their pathways. That then we're going to send them down their routes, whether it's um, down the oxygen route, and we you start to create your tawny ports, or if it's in your reductive style, and you create your bottle age ports, your LBVs, and your vintage. So then you taste and you decide, and you you decide to educate your wines. And, and create these paths for them?
0: It's um for someone who's not a master blender or a blender uh working in the dual um it's it's quite overwhelming to try to grasp. Uh, how many different styles you are approaching to bottle uh, and to release to market. Uh, Ramos uh, Pinto has a large selection of wines available here in the DC market. And I had the the great joy of tasting through the lineup uh, probably about a month and a half ago and the wines are absolutely phenomenal. If you could uh, tell us how do you, we touched on the viticulture, once you get the grapes in, how do you extract the juice from the grapes and where exactly do you think the wine is going to go from there? It's not so clear-cut as with winemaking, where you know it's going to go exactly from the press to the barrel, and it just sits there, and then we get to release it. There are a few more steps in the winemaking process, such as the addition of the spirit. Um, Could you walk us through, as generally as you can, the the process, winemaking process? Do you want to
1: to answer, Phyllis?
2: So it's actually it's actually quite uh, simple, and it's they're quite short fermentations, and then we're going over and over again, um, finding our plots at the best point that we can harvest them, and sometimes our decisions will always start on the vineyard. So it's the timing, it's which plots we're going to harvest together or we're going to vinify them separately. And everything is going to be hand harvested. So it's a lot of work. It's going to be hot and very steep. So people are hand harvesting. We bring the the grapes to the winery and we're going to decide. Usually the best plots will be into the lagars. So they're low open top fermenters um, made out of granite. And... Uh, We will either decide to de-stem these grapes or full bunch, and they will be uh, stepped on traditionally by people for four hours at night. Um, Nowadays, we complement this with the robotic treader uh, as well. So we try to do both. And this will happen for three to five days, the treading at night, and when the sugar level has reached our fortification point, which we're gonna decide, uh, um, it's gonna define the residual sweetness of the wine at the end. So at that point, we're gonna rack the juice off, uh, add the brandy, the aguardiente, and press the skins. So, and, and we, we actually keep the pressing separate for later blending. Because it's gonna be the most intensely colored and the most tannic wine. So uh we can just it's another blending tool that we have.
1: So basically it's the same process for the last 150 years. And after after adding the brandy and having all all the components of that bunch separates, so the the two presses and 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 the, the main wine we when we have a few of or, our or, or wines like that we start blending and it's one of the most difficult blending sessions because the wines are completely unbalanced at that moment they have a lot of tannin they've had still a lot of carbon dioxide because there's just finished uh, 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 fermentation about just just stop fermentation not finished A lot of sugar, a lot of acidity. They have a lot of everything and anything, everything is in the past. We we try to do our best and we, because we have uh, infinite numbers of vats, so we start blending. And by color, by experience, by flavor, we start blending uh, wines for. Tony families uh, or not vintage, not top vintage. We more uh, top top vintage, top top tonies, uh, and and the rest of the soft the rest of the wines go to not to the lagar but to the cuves, but they do exactly the same process. Also, if they are more intense in terms of color and tannin uh, and fruity, or if they are more delicate, and we try to separate everything, but. Only after the first year, we really start working on, uh, on the future of the wines. These first blends are more or less to, to, to try to keep the maximum separate from that vintage to see to, to, to see how they evolve along, along the, the first winter, the first, uh, the first spring, and only at the end of the year, just after the next winter, we start blending for a final uh, type of wine.
0: Uh, well, you have my ultimate respect, um, and I'm sure the the job. Uh, there's a lot of tasting on the job, but it doesn't stop there. I'm sh- I'm sure you enjoy uh, port uh, every once in a while uh, at home in your own personal lives. Is there um, a style of port that you each uh, tend to reach for when you're when you're thinking about opening a bottle, and what? food pairings if any uh other than just letting the port shine by itself would you pair with your favorite port uh,
1: my favorite types of port always depends of, of the occasion what i'm going to do with i am and normally uh in terms of, of, of blending, I prefer blending Of oh, obviously. It, it's much more interesting. Uh, it depends if it's uh, after dinner and we are going to, to be with uh, some very sweet uh, Portuguese dessert or something, maybe a tony. Uh, if we are going to stay at the table for hours and eating cheese or fruits, I prefer a young vintage or a late bottle. And it, it depends a little bit. Well, even at this moment, I like to, to do some a little bit different things. Have very young vintage, a uh, very young late bottle vintage with we pairing with a uh, uh, steak or or uh, uh lamb. Lamb cabrito, which, okay. kid, which is very good, and and then the whites. It's uh, very hard cheeses to to salads and everything or in a cocktail. So we have port for all the time and of of the year of the day. We can drink in, in different occasions, and uh, it depends uh, of 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 the, the of what we really want to do with. Can you?
2: Well, I, sure I think you. you mentioned all of them. <laughs> <laughs> <It's
1: okay. laughs>
2: but uh, I think I think 20-year-old tourney is an icon wine for uh, Spinto And uh, it, it goes well with it. sort of the orange-based desserts or egg-based desserts or uh, creme catalane or creme brûlée-type desserts. That That's a winner, I think
0: life sounds pretty good at your houses. Uh, I hope to get an invitation one day. Just kidding. Um, But for whatever category their port doesn't quite fit into, you do make uh, non-fortified still wines. Um, And uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, those, those labels and the concept behind them?
1: So the concept is always the concept of, of having uh, in, in the same sub-region, which is door superior, to have two, two domains, two quintas, uh, When it's quite higher uh, and it's a granite soil, so it gives it some minerality and the acidity. And, and the other one is, is schist, it's very close to the Spanish border, it's very low, very hot. And the the idea it's in the, the white wines and the door wines uh, the Doro, uh, the red wines have always the same thing some freshness from the quinta do dos which is the higher uh, and some more intensity and backbone from from Molde. so it's uh, for both quintas we have more or less the same varieties and it's it's quite interesting they they are quite close in a straight line which in indoor is more or less impossible but in a straight straight line could be 15 20 kilometers maximum but they have from picking the rabigato in Erba Moira to the rabigato in Kita de Bonzar, they have three, four weeks difference uh, of speaking. So they are by itself completely different wines, but then I think we managed to to do something very balanced and really uh, showing the terroir, which is door superior with some different uh, approaches. Thomas?
2: Yes, I think there are lessons learned from blending in port that we can recreate something more complex and more balanced by blending several plots and several different varieties. And the Duas Quintas is is the name of that wine, um, is a great example and showcases the region very, very well. And it's... the, the first year that it came out was in 1990. So compared to Port, it's still a young project, but it's one of the um, wines that took Dora wine to all places around the world. So we were probably the first to be able to do that. And um, it's a very special wine for, for Portuguese wine history, I think.
0: Well, it sounds uh, sounds like we've really struck on a couple of key points that emphasize how important Ramos Pinto is as a producer, not only for setting a standard of quality for the different bottlings you have in the port wine sector and also the non-fortified still wine but also historically the influence that the company has made with the top five varieties uh the study that is now has sort of marked the varieties that are commonly used in port wine today and also this amazing bottling that was released in the in the 1990s that set a standard for uh uh, non-fortified still, still wine uh, worldwide for the Douro. So thank you once again for taking the time to meet with me. It is uh, amazing to have the opportunity to, to hear your thoughts, um, both Anna and Thomas. Uh, before we say goodbye, are there any last thoughts uh, you would like to share with us today?
1: Well, I would like to invite everyone who, who can to come to Doro and visit us. It would be a pleasure to show you our tasting room and to show uh, show us the door on how magnificent and unique it is. Uh,
0: We had, we We have a lot of customers um, that visit uh, Portugal every year, and I'm sure you will have even more visitors uh, from D.C. coming to see you. So I hope everyone that is uh, watching or listening has the opportunity to visit you, uh, Anna and Thomas, and get uh, to meet you in person. And uh, thank you very much once again. Uh, Thomas, did you want to share a final thought with us?
2: Well, I was just gonna say that um, the, the the photos are are backgrounds. They look amazing, but when you're actually in the door, <laughs> it doesn't compare. So it's really breathtaking, and I think everyone should uh, go and have a look for themselves.
0: Uh, I I could keep going uh, talking about the hospitality, the food. Um the weather, uh, the general ambiance, uh, but I know we all have uh, schedules to keep a hold of. So thank you once again, and we will see you soon, I hope. Thank you. Anyone? Thank you very
2: thank
1: much. Thank you. It was a pleasure.